0: From the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster we present, Let the Bible Speak. It's good to have you join us today as we spend time around the Word of God, preaching Christ in all his fullness to men and women in all their need. We want to welcome you to our service of worship, and we pray that once again the Lord will come and speak to our hearts as we listen to God's precious and God's holy word. Let's commit ourselves to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Our gracious, loving God and heavenly Father, we come before thee reverently and yet boldly to the throne of grace and thank thee for that invitation, yea, command to come. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace, and there we shall obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And, O God, as we come to worship thee today in song and the ministry of thy word, we ask of thee that thou wilt speak to our hearts by thy Holy Spirit, that thou wilt, Lord, challenge us afresh. And, O God, that we might not only hear what is said, but that it might touch our hearts, that we might have a response of heart to say, Lord, I will. I will walk in thy way. I will obey thy command. I will come to thee. O God, we remember the Reverend Woods as he comes to minister thy word. Ask of thee that thou will give him power and liberty in the Holy Ghost. That everything is said and done will glorify only the name of Jesus. For we ask it In his name and for his sake. Amen. I want us to read the word of God in the book of Hebrews and the chapter number one. The epistle of Paul, the apostle to the Hebrews. Chapter one, commencing at the first verse. God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person of beholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels' spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the Son, he saith, thy throne, O God, is ever and ever a scepter of righteousness, is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And we end our reading there, and we pray that God will bless it to our hearts. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing another hymn together, hymn 126. The head that once was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory now. We'll worship God together in song.
1: Thank you to the Reverend McRae for leading the meeting thus far and for reading from the Word of God. And I want to turn your attention to part of one of those verses in Hebrews chapter 1. It's the verse 3, and down toward the end of the verse it says of the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. As you begin to read the opening verses of this epistle to the Hebrews, like all the other writers of the Word of God, the apostle begins to present to us the Son of God, His glorious person. And of course, as you continue through this letter, how many ways the Lord Jesus is set before us. In the opening verses, we discover what a glorious person he is. He is the heir of all things. He is the one by whom God made the worlds. He is the brightness of God's glory. And as you continue through the book, you discover he is greater than the angels. He is greater than Moses. He is greater than all the Old Testament priests and high priests, who but foreshadowed and pointed to him. And of course, as you think about this verse, or this part of the verse that we're taking as our text, we have presented to us the great work of the Lord Jesus as the Savior, the Mediator, the Redeemer. And here we see his humility, we see his suffering, but we see his exaltation, that he has done all that is necessary to save his people from their sins, who, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And I want us just for a little time to focus in upon the work of Christ, the work of Christ. I want you to see, first of all, that it was the work of, of the priest, when he had by himself purged our sins. As the great high priest of his people, the Lord Jesus, when he offered himself on the cross at Calvary as the only sufficient sacrifice for sins forever, he did so to purge the sins of all who would trust in him for salvation. That word purge, of course, means to purify or cleanse away our sin and our guilt before a holy God. This letter to the Hebrews a few chapters later in chapter 9 in verse 22 reminds us that almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without the shedding of blood is no remission no forgiveness. And in that same chapter 9, in verses 13 and 14, we are reminded that the blood of the Old Testament animal sacrifices, they could but purify the flesh in a ceremonial manner. But the blood of Christ shed when he offered himself as that sacrifice for sin, is able to purge our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And so, we can say that the work of the Lord Jesus that he performed on the cross, that work was the work of the priest. And what the work of the Old Testament priests and high priests could not accomplish The work of the Lord Jesus as our great high priest, offering himself as the only sufficient sacrifice for sins, did accomplish what the Old Testament priests could not accomplish. Purging away the guilt, the sin of all who would trust in him. The challenge, of course, to our hearts and to your heart is this. Is Christ your great high priest? Are you trusting in his priestly work for the salvation of your soul, for the forgiveness of your sins? Are you depending on his work on the cross as the great priest? Or are you depending on your own works or the works of another? It's only by trusting in the work of Christ as the great high priest who offered himself is that only sufficient sacrifice for sins forever that your sins can be perched before a holy God? But we can say something else from our text concerning the work of the Lord Jesus. Not only was it the work of the priest, but we can say it is the finished work that is set before us in our text in Hebrews 1 and the verse 3. It tells us there when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Why is it said that the Lord Jesus sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high? He sat down because he had finished the work of sacrifice that he came to accomplish. The work of the Old Testament priest was never finished. He was continually standing, offering sacrifice for sin. It is said in chapter 10 of this epistle, and the verse 11, concerning the Levitical priests, and every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. And there's a great emphasis there upon the fact that they had to continually offer. And yet those sacrifices could never take away sin. They but pointed to the perfect sacrifice. And so we read by way of contrast in verse 12 of chapter 10 concerning the Savior, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. In the verse 18 of chapter 10, it says, Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Therefore, we can say today that the work of the Lord Jesus on the cross, it is a finished work. Before the Lord Jesus got to the cross, we read in John chapter 17 and verse 4 that he was able to say to his father in prayer with confident expectation, I have finished the work which thou givest me to do. And then as he hung on that cross, just before he bowed his head and gave up the ghost, he was able to say, finished He had finished the work of sacrifice that he had come to accomplish. And of course, the fact that our text tells us that he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, it emphasizes to us the success of his finished work. The fact, of course, that he arose again from the dead, and then 40 days later, he ascended back into heaven and sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. You can take the time to read through this letter to the Hebrews and again and again you will discover the great emphasis upon the finish work that the Lord Jesus only had to offer that one sacrifice for sins forever. And then he sat down on the right hand of God. For example, in chapter 7 and the verse 27, we read of the Lord Jesus, Who needeth not daily, as those high priests, to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins, and then for the people's. For this he did once, when he offered up. Himself. And then in chapter 8, verse 1 Now, of the things which we have spoken, this is the Son. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. You and I, as sinners, we cannot work to earn salvation. We cannot pay to Purchase salvation. We owe a debt we can never pay. But Jesus Christ paid the debt that he did not owe. The debt that we owe. And therefore, by trusting in his finished work of sacrifice, we can be forgiven. We can have our sins purged away in the sight of a holy God. When the apostle Peter was preaching... On the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, he pointed out to his hearers that the Lord Jesus had been exalted to the right hand of God. And therefore, he called them to repent and to trust in the finished work of Christ. Listen to his words in Acts chapter 2 and verse 33. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. Verse 36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ, And then we read, now when they had heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And they were called to repent, to repent of their sin, to take hold of the promise, to trust in Christ's finished work for their salvation. The same call goes out to us today as sinners. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Philippi, he reminded them again not only of the humiliation of the Savior, but of his exaltation, having finished the work of sacrifice. And he declared that because of that finished work, every knee should bow to the Lord Jesus. Every tongue should confess that he is Lord. And someday every knee will bow to Christ. And every tongue will confess that he is Lord. But oh, you must do that now in time. If you are to have your sins purged away. And so we can say of the work of the Lord Jesus from our text in Hebrews 1 and 3, yes, it is the work of the priest, the high priest, but it is the finished work. Can I ask you again, what are you depending upon for the salvation of your soul? Are you depending on your own works or the works of another human individual? Or are you depending upon the finished work of the God man, the perfect man, the Lord Jesus? The Bible says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And then one final thought from our text. This work of Christ, yes, it was the work of the priest. We could say it is the finished work as far as his sacrifice is concerned. But we can conclude by mentioning the continuing work of the great high priest. Because when we read that he has sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Yes, having finished the work of sacrifice, there is a work that he continues to do because this letter to the Hebrews tells us that he appears in the presence of God for us and that he is able to save to the uttermost those that come unto God through him, seeing he ever liveth, to make intercession for them. Why can souls still be saved? Why is there an opportunity still for you to be saved if you are not saved? Because the Lord Jesus ever lives to intercede not only for those whom he has saved, but for those whom he will yet save. And he intercedes on the basis of his finished work. Paul, writing to the Romans in chapter 8 and 34, asked the question, Who is he that condemneth? You see, by nature we're all condemned because of our sin. But he went on to say, It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. If you will come trust in Christ and His finished work for your salvation, you can have the assurance that your sins are purged before a holy God, not only for the years of time, but for all eternity. But this same letter to the Hebrews sounds out a solemn warning. If you reject Christ and reject His finished work, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation. There is no other way of escaping the wrath of a holy God. There is no other way of escaping everlasting punishment except by trusting in Jesus Christ. The work that he finished on the cross as the great high priest of his people, coming to him in repentance and in faith, trusting in him, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Let us pray and ask the Lord even to write his word upon our hearts. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for this verse that presents to us the Lord Jesus as the only one who was able to finish that work that was necessary to purge away our sins before a holy God. We thank Thee that all who turn from sin and trust in Him and His finished work can have that assurance of sins forgiven and guilt and sin purged away before a holy God. So, draw others savingly to Thyself, we pray, and write Your Word upon our hearts. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for spending some time with us today around the Word of God For further information visit our website at ltbs.tv We look forward to joining with you next time as we seek to let the Bible speak once again